when I got to the library, the two rooms that I usually go to are A and B. Room B, the light was off and the door was closed. Room A, the door was open, the light was on. Leo was waiting for me. So I went in, had a seat, and we read Leo's story. Here it is. Leo, a ghost story by Mac Burnett. Pictures by Christian Robinson. This is Leo. Most people can't see him. But you can. Leo is a ghost. For many years, Leo lived by himself in a house on the edge of the city, reading books and drawing pictures in the dust. One day in spring, a family moved in. Leo was glad to have company. On the family's first night, he made mint tea and honey toast. Leo thought he was being a good host, but the family saw things differently. They hid in the bathroom and locked the door. This house is haunted, said the man. Gary, I'm scared, said the woman. I hate tea, said the boy. And I hate ghosts. They didn't know that Leo was floating above the tub. He heard everything they said. The family called a scientist, a clergyman, and a, a psychic to get rid of the ghost. But they should have saved their money. Leo knew when he wasn't wanted, so he said goodbye and left his home. I've been a house ghost all my life, Leo thought. Maybe, maybe I would like being a roaming ghost for a while. So Leo roamed. He saw the, I'm sorry, Leo saw the city and the people who lived there. Nobody saw Leo. The city was not like Leo remembered it. Some places were wonderful. Some places were scary. Everywhere was noisy. Leo went to a street corner where his favorite candy store used to be. Now, nothing was there. Excuse me, he asked the officer. Do you know where? The officer walked right through him. There was an afternoon when Leo found himself roaming along a sidewalk covered in drawings. He came across a girl holding chalk in her hand. The girl looked up, stared right at Leo. I'm Jane, she said. What's your name? It was so strange to be looked at. 
that at first, Leo said nothing. Finally, he replied, oh, I'm Leo. She nodded. Leo, do you want to play? Knights at the round table. Yes, Leo said. Because he did. Good, said Jane. First, you have to be knighted by the king. Who's the king? Leo asked. I am, said Jane. That's why I'm wearing this crown on my head. Leo didn't see a crown on her head. Still, he kneeled down and was knighted on the spot. Leo and Jane sat at the table. Sir Leo, said Jane, meet Sir Ruffs, a loyal dog. Don't you think he looks handsome in his armor? Yes, said Leo, and bowed at the empty chair. And Sir Leo, said Jane, this is Sir Meows, a loyal cat. Don't you find his whiskers wise looking? I do, said Leo, as he bowed again. And finally, said Jay, Sir Squawks. Leo interrupted, a loyal bird. Jane frowned. No, she said. Sir Squawks is a giant hamster. Oh, said Leo, I will. I'm not wearing my glasses. Jane squinted at the chair. I guess, she said. Jane! A woman's voice came from another room. Tell your imaginary friend goodbye and come to dinner. Fine, said Jane. She turned to Leo. My mom doesn't think imaginary friends are worthwhile, but you're great. And with that, she stood up and went to the kitchen. Leo felt awful. She thinks I'm imaginary, he thought. If I tell her I'm a ghost, I will scare her away. After dinner, Jane returned to her room and gave Leo a sword. They snuck into a cave, slew a dragon, and stole all of his loot. When Leo closed his eyes, he could almost see the gold coins and green scales. After a glorious feast, it was time for bed. Jane threw Leo a pillow and a sheet. Don't tell Sir Ruffs, she said, but you are my best imaginary friend. Yes, said Leo. He was so happy he couldn't sleep. Leo went to the living room so that he wouldn't wake Jane up with the rustling. All night, he laid on the floor designing his coat of arms. As Leo was awake, when a sneak theft 
climbed into the window. Halt! Leo cried. But the thief passed through him on his way to the silverware. Later, Leo would not be able to say where this idea came from. I just looked over at the imaginary camera. He threw a bed sheet over his self and flew at the thief who was frightened and dropped the salad forks. Leo chased the man into a closet and slammed the door, locked him and locked him inside. It was very, it was very well done. It was. The sound of the door woke Jane, who called the police and roused her mother. The squad car came and hauled the man to jail. That was that. Jane said, Thanks! You're welcome, said Leo. I'm glad I could help. But Leo, if you're imaginary... How did you know to scare the robber? Leo looked down at the carpet. Jane, I told you a lie. I'm a ghost. You said I was imaginary friend, but I'm not. I'm just your real friend. Oh, said Jane. Well, that's even better. And they went to the kitchen to have mint tea and honey toast at midnight. If you listened through Leo's story, thank you so much. This is actually a children's book and bringing it home and reading it aloud was something that I wanted to do for my inner child to empower her because she lives with the complications of dyslexia. And personally, as I've grown up and accepted that, okay, yeah, I have dyslexia and I've had to work a little harder to um, get things done and read over and over again, I have overcome the pain of the stigma surrounding people with dyslexia not being able to read. Um, That's a big stigma that I, I still struggle with and I'm working through. And me reading that book for just a few pages helped me um, just shine light and honor my inner child. The story was also, it was perfect. It was it was waiting for me at the door, honestly. It really was. I walked into the library. I was minding my business, went in, went in A because the, the door was open. The light was on. It was like that room was waiting for me. I set my stuff down. I went to the bathroom, and there was Leo sitting right there looking at me, looking at him. So I grabbed Leo. And we went back into the library, had our, we had a sit down and, um, I read him, he read me 
it was a great, it was a great time. When I say Leo read me this book, this book was reading me. It was like, okay, so are you going to be honest about who you are, what you are, and accept the consequences of whatever it is that you are seen as, or you going to keep telling people you their imaginary friend? And I was like, damn, Leo, why you got to do me like that? The point that I'm getting to is I feel seen, I feel heard, I feel read. Thank you so much for your support and your feedback, The all of the feedback. Thank you so much for the criticism. I I really appreciate the um, the realness. I appreciate the unfiltered feedback that I have gotten to. I know earlier in the season, I was like, some of that y'all could have kept to yourself. But I'm glad that y'all didn't keep it to yourself. That's why I keep thanking you for the things that I hear that are not very comfortable to my ears, but they penetrate my heart in a way that lands different and it doesn't hurt when I hear it anymore because some of the shit y'all be saying is true. It's true. Um, I just, I just have to um, be okay with hearing it in different tones that I may not be used to, especially with allowing people to be who they are. I do a lot of work in the neurodivergent community, so sometimes my clients just say things matter-of-factly. And I was listening to the Know For Sure podcast with Tim Ross was the guest, and he was talking about how uh, he was sitting in church and he heard the Holy Spirit tell him that he was a sinner. Sometimes the he, and he was saying that it wasn't yelling. It was just like, you're a sinner. And he said it just like that. Sometimes my clients say things very matter of factly, and it is just a matter of fact. They may not have the emotional regulation or even know how to say things in a way that will be beneficial for the person on the other end to absorb it they just say things like one of my one of my friends he he just be saying stuff and he he doesn't always have a filter and because I've grown to know that this is how he is he's also on the spectrum, um, I don't. I'm not gonna say who this person is because they may not want their business shared. But he says things, and it's very matter of fact. And I can't even be mad. Like he'll roast me, and I'm just like, "Fuck you!" Everybody that live in your house. And and that's what it is. Like Uncle Ruck is, you know, like y'all y'all are funny. Let me say that the memes and stuff that y'all been sending me, the um, 
all of it y'all funny y'all funny 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 y'all funny funny some of y'all are not funny and y'all try to be funny please give it a rest but some of y'all are funny funny like funny to the point where i'm sitting here telling you fuck you and everybody that live in your house okay all right (laughs) i love you this is our final episode of this season Thank you so much for riding with us. And um, honestly, I might not come back because I'm tired of hearing my own shit. All right. So until next time, if y'all see me again, be well.